podcasting today here in Kansas City. This is the Wired Women in Real Estate Development podcast, where women share their stories and their journeys through real estate investing and focus on educating and empowering a strong community of women. I'm your host today, Nusheen Shalari, and today we have the wonderful Rachel Trainer on our show. She is the Director of Business Development and Marketing at Astoria Healthcare Properties and the Chair of the Wired Advocacy Committee. Rachel, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you so much. how can people get in contact with you? Well, Nusheen, it's great to be here on Friday afternoon live at the Wesley. Um, And thank you so much for allowing me to participate in the podcast. This is awesome. Truly experienced for women. But as you mentioned, I work at Astoria Healthcare Properties. We're a real estate development company and we specialize in outpatient ambulatory surgery centers or outpatient healthcare facilities. So I have been a member of Wired for the past two years and I am very much interested in connecting with other Wired women to give them as much support and guidance as possible as they develop throughout their careers. So for now, I think LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of me. A link to my personal email as well. So please reach out to me anytime if I can be of help on my LinkedIn profile. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. We are really excited today to be here at the Wesley, a property developed by two women in our Wired group. They were the lead developers on their project. And we're really excited to be here in this room because it's a brand new amenity in this brand new 256 unit building right here in the heart of Westport in Kansas City. This is fantastic, Rachel, to have you. So tell us a little bit more about the Wired Advocacy Committee and what your role is uh, in this position. It's a new position I know that we've started. It is. Well, I think um, we're doing big things in 2021 with Wired. You know, we've had pent-up demand from the pandemic, and I think women of Wired are ready to get back into the real-time meeting and getting their careers really pivoted to the next level. The purpose of the advocacy committee is established just really for the sole purpose of promoting the women of Wired and the organization as a whole. So now more than ever, women need access to development and advancement opportunities in their careers, and that needs to be driven by their bosses, by their C-suite decision makers to really be effective. By addressing the challenges and lack of representation that we all have in our careers, the Advocacy Committee is committed to finding ways to identify, organize, and prioritize ways for women wired to be seen and heard. And we're going to do that through panel speaking engagements, awards and recognition, white paper topics, networking event. So when these said events come to fruition, I'm going to make make sure to share with Wired Women, the access and availability to be seen and heard as a subject matter expert in their careers. So as the chair of this committee, I'm committed to doing this, which is really promoting overall advocacy, not only for women, but for the organization as a whole. That's awesome. I love how you're doing this and I love your passion for it, Rachel. I know we are all in good hands as far as being you know, promoted and and being seen. And also, you know, I think a lot of it's like your self-confidence and your own journey and hearing the backgrounds of other women and how they were actually able to be successful, you know. I think that's true. I think that's true. I think really what's important with advocacy is 
really shining a light on females as a support system, which is the overall backbone and just really goal of Wired to begin with. Not seeing women as our competition or as um, competitors out to get our jobs or our positions, but really um, promoting women of Wired as a support network, really to bring the not only entrepreneurial spirit, but the mentoring opportunities that we all really need in this time. So you know, I've learned a lot over the last 20 years. Um, I've been working almost 23 years in the architectural engineering and construction space. I have a technical degree in environmental science, always worked for civil architects and um, also for large national general contractors. But all we ever did was support the real estate built environment, whether it was really getting the site ready to clear with remediation, architectural design and engineering this experience um, has been critical to my current role in real estate development. So really from cradle to grave, all facets of the project lifecycle I've addressed throughout my career. And it's really like fitting individual pieces of a puzzle together to really have a big picture on how real estate development can affect the community. Right, exactly. And I think you brought up a really good point is what are we doing every day that is really driving our passion for real estate, but also what can we do to drive our passion for advocacy? And I really want to hear about how your experience has led up to this pinnacle of wanting to share and wanting to grow the advocacy division of not only Wired, but of women in this industry and in your career. What was kind of the force or the thought or the experience behind it, Rachel? It's such a good question. And it's going to be, you know, of course, unique for everybody. But, um, you know, as I get older and more seasoned into my career, you know, I've really learned to really not compare myself to others and really just build off my own personal experiences. You know, I can't look at somebody else and say, oh, they are smarter than me or better than me or have more access to upward mobility than me. Um, But really just taking all of the lessons that I've learned and all of the um, experience that I've been dealt um, to really build a strong network. And um, that's always been important to me. You know, my father has taught me at a really young age that your network is your net worth. So with those relationships, I've been able to build a great network, um, but also strong boundaries internally. So strong boundaries to protect myself and to be able to have a voice in my career and have a voice, you know, that's worthy at the table of being seen and heard. So that doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of strong women um, who are all leaning toward advocacy as well. You know, once we all work together to acknowledge what that is, I think we can do big things to move the needle for women in the workplace. That's awesome. And that's that's really exciting to hear is how you you had that kind of mentor in your life, your father you mentioned, that was able to say, you know, your network is really important. I feel like a lot of times people forsake the the others in their industry or their friends that they make to get the next deal or get the next client. It's and so true. Sometimes that can really burn bridges. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you've not only hurt a relationship, but you've hurt a friendship. Okay, Rachel. So I really want to understand what are the challenges today that you see in the real estate market, but also in industry overall, 
And how are you raising overall awareness and advocacy of women, not only in, in Wired, but also in commercial real estate and overall sectors? I think this is really important for us to understand and touch on. I do too. I think it's really getting to the meat of the conversation. So I've been doing some research to get ready for the podcast, Nusheen, and what I've learned is what we already know is that people really thrive in collaborative environments. And it's one thing that we've been absent the last year, year and a half with the pandemic pandemic is a collaborative environment. So, you know, we gain strength from like-minded people, like-minded leaders, like-minded talent. And I think in many organizations, men may be able to find their comrades and associates in other senior leadership positions. And sometimes my research suggests that it might be more difficult for women to find their like-minded individuals and their like-minded talent within their organizations. I recently read a survey that suggests about 37% of all people in commercial real estate are women. So we've got a long way to go to fill that divide there. And that's according to 2020 survey of commercial real estate women's network. So women make up only 9% of that C-suite within commercial real estate. So you've got 37% of overall women in commercial real estate, and then only 9% of that making up the C-suite. So that's a pretty low number, Nusheen. And as we know, you know, these numbers haven't changed, but women overall earn 34% less within the course of their career than men. You know, I've had a lot of great experiences in my career, but I do have to say that I have you know, experienced some of the, you know, dismissiveness and not being at the table. You know, I've been in commercial real estate, like I said, for almost 20 years. It's a great industry to be in. But for women who have climbed the ladder, what I understand is the higher up you get, the lonelier it gets. You know, there's less and less female role models, female networking groups, and access to really overall support network that Wired really offers. Let's close this out. Let's talk a little bit about diversity and inclusion as we finish up this question, Nusheen. I think, you know, all of this could be considered a diversity and inclusion issue. You know, old systems and structures, especially in commercial real estate, are are hard to break. But I think by really promoting advocacy, not only through Wired, but our own individual life and lifestyles, it will bring more awareness at the C-suite for how women can really be champion in their own career. That's awesome, Rachel. And I totally agree with everything that you said. So I want to kind of get a little bit back to the basics. Like what is advocacy in your own words? And how do you, as a business or as an organization, ensure that you're not just checking a box like, cha-ching, we hired a woman, but rather we're actually... But rather, we're actually hiring individuals who are well qualified and really deserve a seat at that table and have the credentials to be there and feel empowered to grow their career. That's so awesome, Nusheen. Like, I just love your vibe here and where you're going with this. But, you know, advocacy is any action that speaks in favor of, recommends, argues for a cause, supports, or defends. So specifically, when related to advocacy and WIRED, I really want to use the term elevate, empower, promote, and really illuminate our successes and our shared successes with others. So I believe when you're entrenched in an adversarial role, 
or that of a mentor, it can really become a building block of self-esteem and self-respect. When you have self-esteem and self-respect, you can elude those characteristics to others and others give them back to you. So by being a good steward of advocacy, you in turn receive advocacy back from others. Right. So what I hear you saying is a way to kind of engage people as an organization that are, you know, newer, that are trying to start their career, that are maybe in a marginalized community is really supporting them by putting those mentorship practices in place, really giving them the resources that they need to be successful instead of letting them just try to do it as they go and try to go at it brute force. I think that's a good point. You know, you we're using the term mentorship now and, you know, you never are too old for a mentor. And you're never too young, you know, to be a protege. And so, you know, mentors come in lots of different shapes, sizes, colors, creed. Um, you know, I've had recently, you know, a career change as I shifted through to a new position last year. And I've really had to lean really hard on my mentors, especially those in Wired, to get a new perspective, to get skills refined and some access to information that really has been absent in a new role. So I think being, you know, open to what a mentor can provide, um, you know, we're never too good or too old or too young to be a mentor or to receive mentorship. So I think, like I said at the beginning, you know, I've got a link to my personal email on my LinkedIn. And if it makes sense for me to be a mentor to those out there, then please get a hold of me and I'd be glad to share any resource I have. But I can also um, share my network with you if if I'm not the right person to be a mentor as well. Thank you for being so open and generous with that. I I really appreciate your, just your givingness spirit that you have, Rachel. I wanted to ask you another question. So what are we as Wired trying to do to promote women's leadership? And what can we do overall as an industry, not only for women, but also for men, how they can try and promote women's leadership? I think that's a great question. Um, Let's go ahead and start with WIRED because that's why we're here today in the WIRED Advocacy Committee. And I am needing committee members. So I will be reaching out to all of you to see if you can help me with all of the tasks of the new committee. But what, what I'd really like to evolve and develop from the Advocacy Committee is really finding paths and avenues for women to be seen and heard. So whether that's speaking and participating on panel discussions, on um, networking events, getting a white paper published, um, being nominated for an award, um, being nominated for um, Businesswoman of the Year, you know, really having and elevating that exposure, not only within commercial real estate in Kansas City, but in Kansas City in general, getting a seat at the table is important. And as the chair of the advocacy committee, I have been working with other strong leaders in Kansas City to make sure that I have access to all of the relevant opportunities that would exist for us to be seen and heard at the table. So whether that's award nominations, white papers, panel discussions, and like I said, overall mentorship and protege opportunities, I'm going to be gathering all of those um, opportunities and sharing them with the group. So Having, you know, a one point of contact through Wired for ways to be seen and heard can not only elevate your career, elevate your self-esteem, elevate access to your own network, and really build your career to the next level. 
Awesome. And I completely agree that there is really an opportunity to represent yourself in this commercial real estate world. And women need to really find their voice and become advocates for one another um, in order to, for us to see that leadership and for us to see that growth. I was recently on a call with Lisa Ling. She's a reporter with CNN. And she was telling us about one of the examples of her noticing the gender disparities was her show was supposed to be renewed for a few more seasons. Her male colleagues actually received notices that they would be renewed for three seasons. However, herself, she was only renewed for one season. And she at first took this really personally and said, you know, I'm disappointed in myself. This is something that I, you know, didn't do a good job on. There's got to be some internalized it right and mm-hmm. it's self-blame and self-doubt but she reached out to a mentor and they said no we think there's some unconscious bias there and it's no fault of anyone it's just unconscious bias that as a society we've built up over time and so she reached out to the people making the decision and they got back to her and said we do think this was a, a form of unconscious bias and they ended up extending her show for another three seasons, just like her male colleagues. And with that said, I think, you know, the reason, the the thing to take away from that is don't internalize. Don't think of this as, you know, something that you're for blame and reach out and make sure that you're really thinking of it at face value. And if it can happen to Lisa Ling, it can happen to any of us. I mean, we all know how amazing she is in the work that she does. So if she wouldn't have used her voice, and wouldn't have demanded a second look or a second opinion, maybe she wouldn't have gotten that extension that she, we all know that she wants and deserves. So we have to give a shout out to Lisa Ling there for using her voice. Yep. Let's do that. Sure <laughs> all right. So I wanted to touch on another point here. I think you had mentioned it earlier when we had talked, Rachel about, you know, unconscious bias and how is it existent and what is almost the just, is there a justification for it or is there not? You know, that, that's a great question. I wish I had all the answers to that. You know, all I can really attune to is my own personal experiences here. You know, I've had a really successful career um, over 23 years in the AEC space. You know, I've had a lot of great experiences But I've also had a lot of undesirable experiences with sexual harassment and discrimination. So, you know, I've had both sides of the coin there. You know, it hasn't been enough to discourage me to get out of the workforce, but it has definitely encouraged me to, like I said, build build a stronger network, build stronger boundaries. But for those who have really downshifted their careers, you know, I think one of the main points to that is that as busy moms and busy professionals in general, you know, we haven't always been able to be in the office pandemic. Like I said earlier in the program, you know, during some research to prepare for this podcast, some statistics and data suggest that, you know, a lot of the decisions that have been made in the boardroom over the last year since the pandemic have been made, you know, without the women there. The women might be out of the office caring and attending to the family. But um, I think what I've what I've read anyway is is that decisions have been made over the last year that really impact the work environment with or without 
the women's input that may or may exist since the pandemic hopefully is coming to an end now. Rachel, I wanted to move to another point that when we were chatting before, you had brought up and it really took me by surprise. I thought it was a really fresh new take. How do women and men play a role in this unconscious bias? Is it more cultural or is it just men? Like, can you can you tell us a little bit about this? I think I think that's a great question. You know, like I said earlier, I can only attest to like my own experiences. And, you know, I've got a lot of great, amazing female leaders and female mentors throughout the course of my career. And, you know, but I've also been the subject of, um, you know, sexual harassment and discrimination from my female bosses. So I think when you come across an opportunity to have your voice heard, to be seen as an equal, to contribute to the overall success of the company. You know, you have to make a decision. Just discrepancies don't just come in our industry from men. You know, it, it happens all around and it's up to us to really protect ourselves, use our strong boundaries, use our strong network and make decisions um, that are the best for ourselves and our family. I completely agree. And I want to kind of wrap it up with our very last question, we've had a pleasure and it's been an honor to interview you on this podcast. What unique impact can women have in real estate, Rachel? Okay, so let me just, in closing, Nusheen, talk a little bit about what the unique impacts that women can have in real estate. Um, so I was reading an article in Forbes to just prepare for this podcast. Women in business, you know, make good financial business sense as well. And, um, you know, the more diverse a company gets, you know, the more of a margin and the more profitable that it can become. So I was reading and came across a line where of the 25 firms with the highest percentage of women executives and board members, median returns on assets and equity were up to 74% higher than among the overall group of other companies surveyed. So women make good business sense, and we just need to work harder and smarter to find ways to be at the table. You know, business owners and business um, people, men or women, you know, know that this statistic can be true. You know, women make good business sense, and the more diverse of a group and a perspective that you have at the table, the more opportunities for higher margins exist. So that's really a unique perspective that Wired can bring to commercial real estate is by making more money. And that'll always make people pay attention. I love that last point. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel, today. It's been such a pleasure to interview you and to have you. And thank you everyone for listening to the show this month. You can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And if you want to write us, our email address is wiredkcpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. And I want to say a special thank you to Audrey Navarro and uh, and Cheryl Vickers, the duo who founded Wired KC. And I'm Nusheen Chalari, and you've been listening to the Wired KC podcast, and we are recording live from the Wesley. Wesley.